welcome to the Cutaways Podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Justine. You get to be the weird one this week. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to do an Ashley. <laughs> I love it. No problem. Anytime. Anytime. You know, that's what we're here for. You know, what are we here for? What are we doing here? Just like rolled out of bed, plopped in front of a microphone. What am I even doing? I, mean, I can't I can't see you this time. So like I, I physically don't know. Imagine me in my jam jams. Yeah. And I'm actually dressed. Yeah. Like that's strange. Yeah. This, this is, is a so strange episode. Twilight Zone weird <laughs> for us that Ashley is more awake than me. Thank weird. You, dailies. So we're here to be weird, but also to talk about romantic comedies. Uh, we started with this lovely podcast five years ago with a 1918 romp called I Don't Want to Be a Man. Go back, listen to it, listen to our shitty audio when we didn't know what the fuck we were doing. We still don't know what the fuck we're doing, but, you know, we're cruising through the chronological order of rom-coms history's past. We bring our knowledge as filmmakers and our knowledge as women. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. Whatever. It's rom-coms. Who likes them? Not particularly us. We're doing it. (laughs) Just want to say happy Halloween. It's that time of year. It's spooktober. Spooktober. I love it. I'm really excited because Xander's costume this year is great. Oh my God. Do we get a little taste? What's Xander going to be? Think 90. Well, no. I guess it's early 2000s Disney. Ooh. It's like... What I consider one of the most underrated yeah. <laughs> Disney classics that doesn't get a lot of like hype. And it has a really witty woman who has a purple dress. So there's your clues. Mm. Mm-hmm. I got it. I don't know exactly which character per se. Um, well, let's just say his color scheme is black and blue. Okay. And it is 90s. It is it is 90s? I thought yeah. it was like early 2000s. Well, it's late yeah. 90s. Yeah. Well, in honor of it being the Halloween season, uh, we have a very special 2004 movie to cover. This is A Cinderella Story. I love this. Okay. Okay. So Lizzie McGuire was like perfect for me in my mm-hmm. generation. Mm-hmm. So... You know, you had the Lizzie McGuire movie and then you had this and it was just like perfect. And it was right when Chad Michael Murray came on the scene. So you were like, "Ooh, who's that guy? Mm -hmm. Oh, it's the guy from One Tree Hill. Okay, let's watch this movie. That's, (laughs) you know, and then it's adorable. And then I had a crush on the her best friend because that's how it works for rom-coms for me. Oh, okay, Yeah, I I dig it. (laughs) I know his name, too, like. I don't even need to look it up. It's Dan Bird. Like, that's how much I had a crush on this man. (laughs) Ashley is into the nerds. I really do like the nerds. And the long hair. Yeah. I have a type. I don't really like, he looks exactly like Sam, but yeah. He looks exactly like Sam. (laughs) Your husband. (laughs) Okay. I feel like I've already learned a lot in this (laughs) podcast five minutes in. Wow. We're... We're, wow. Okay. We're cruising. We're cruising. We're cruising. Let's get to the movie. I have the description from IMDb. It is 
routinely exploited by her wicked stepmother, the downtrodden Sam Montgomery is excited about the prospect of meeting her internet beau at the school's Halloween dance. Hmm. 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 That's one of the better descriptions. That's pretty cool. I mean, it's Cinderella. It's we Cinderella. know yeah. what's happening. <laughs> I mean, it's a Cinderella story. Yeah. I actually, I didn't read this before watching the movie. I went into the movie completely blind. <laughs> I didn't know there would be, you know, texting, that sort of thing. The whole, you've got mail of it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I thought that was a surprising twist. Like, I didn't think, like, going in, like, oh, how are they going to do that? Where it's, like, secret identities. But I think that they use the technology of the day pretty well. And I think it still holds up. Like, that's still a thing. It's now evolved into more of like dating profiles and catfishing and, and yeah. It's, it's, now it's a Noah Centineo movie. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's exactly <laughs> what it is. He's got like three of them with all the same plot. I know, poor <laughs> Noah. He's a adorable little bean. Yes. <laughs> okay, so this movie stars, as you said, Hilary Duff, Chad Michael Murray, and then we have some alums that I definitely wanted to shout out. Yes. We have Jennifer Coolidge, who we previously saw in Legally Blonde and Legally Blonde 2, Red, White, and Blonde, and the best, (laughs) Regina King, who we have seen in Jerry Maguire, How Stella Got Her Groove Back, and Legally Blonde 2, Red, White, and Blonde. Like, you gotta shout out Regina King anytime we have her. And Jennifer Coolidge. Like, they... They work so well off of each other. I'm surprised mm-hmm. that they haven't been in more things. Yeah, I am down for just a movie of them. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> we go with, like, making um that Beyonce and Lady Gaga music video into, like, a, a full-on movie, <laughs> and it stars them. Oh, my God. Yes. Like, yes. it's a quirky, like, romantic, or it's not even a romantic comedy, but it's, like, a dramedy. Mm-hmm. starring them and you know jennifer coolidge is kind of what sh- who she is as a person and then regina king is just like that tough nosed bitch who's not gonna take any names because she's beyonce literally Ooh. so i love uh, like i feel like regina king has become like our our joan cusack of mm-hmm. the era i believe that like she's in everything I love it. I love that she does rom-coms. And I love that we're watching these movies from, like, this time period because she just finally got her due. Like, mm-hmm. there's, it does a great, I'm so glad that she, she won that Oscar. Yeah, she has been working forever. Yeah, consistently. It's not yes. even, like, she's taken a break. Girl works. From, like, the 80s, right? Yeah, yeah. It's been forever. She's, she's grown up on screen. Yeah. Love her forever. Okay, so we have the director, Mark Rossman, and the editor was Kara Silverman, who edited The Best Man. In our editorial department, we have Christopher Kroll as the first assistant editor, Daniel Bacoli was an assistant editor, and Lara Caccioni was also an assistant editor, and she assistant edited on Punch Drunk Love. Some crossovers. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah. It's definitely, I always see like semi, like teams working together. Mm-hmm. You hire up your peeps. Give them a call. Mm-hmm. This movie is an hour and 35 minutes. It's rated P 
PG for mild language and innuendo. Because of course. It has a 5.9 out of 10 INDB rating and only a 25 meta score. Interesting. Now, this surprised me because like the last movie we did had a similar IMDb rating, but like a double meta score. So I went in and looked at some meta score critic reviews and I would like to read them to you, Ashley. Okay. The Hollywood Reporter said, from its uninspiring title and certain turn off for young males to its limp slapstick and uneven acting, a Cinderella story arrives with a dull thud. Like this movie is supposed to be for boys. <laughs> oh, I mean, <laughs> they did expand the prince character, caricature-ish, mm-hmm. because you had Chad Michael Murray. So you're not going to just like not use. That's like getting Channing, Channing Tatum and not using him. Yeah. Okay. Continuing on. Variety called this movie Lusterless Trifle. Okay. <laughs> and the Washington Post said. It is horrible. Time curls up and dies while this Hillary Duff vehicle wheels its weary, conventional way along. Uh, all I want to say is I'm so glad that critics are now being expanded in current time to include women, people of color, like other than just like white dude. <laughs> Straight white dude. Like, we've got yeah. some gay critics. We've got some uh, non-binary critics. We've got some trans critics coming on the scene. Like, let's do it. Yeah. I mean, because clearly this movie was not for them. I don't think this movie's horrible. I think it's perfect for who it's meant to be for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is for, like, tweens. Yeah. Get over yourselves, please. Thank you. Sir, this is a Wendy's. <laughs> How many times you have said that to me in the past two weeks? <laughs> because it, it accurately just depicts exactly the mood mm-hmm. that needs to be encapsulated by this. So speaking of our tweens, going on to our awards section, I wanted to highlight the Teen Choice Awards from 2005. Oh, yeah. Let's start with the nominees. This movie was nominated for Choice Date Movie. Nice. Choice movie actress comedy for Hilary Duff. Choice movie love scene for Chad Michael Murray and Hilary Duff for Austin and Sam's dance scene. Not gazebo, right? Right. To that song. Ugh. <laughs> Violin version. Let's go. I love it. Choice movie lip lock for Hilary Duff and Chad Michael Murray. And choice movie chemistry for Hilary Duff and Chad Michael Murray. Now this movie won... Choice movie sleazebag for Jennifer Coolidge. As it should. And this movie won choice movie blush scene for Hilary Duff for the scene of Sam at the school rally. See? It's a winner in the eyes of teens. And that's yeah. the moral of the story. <laughs> exactly. Let's let's give this movie a review that it deserved. <laughs> how how many years ago? How like what is math? What uh, is math even? Is it 15 years? Probably. It's 15 years because this is Halloween and this was a Halloween movie. It is 15 years. Do you feel old? Yes. <laughs> uh, no, you feel the right age. Well, I mean, I feel like I'm old enough to not give fucks about what critics think anymore. Have you heard of the Lizzie McGuire news? 
Yes. Do you want to talk about that? Yes. It's coming back. They're giving it the uh, Boy Meets World treatment. Wow. Oh, I'm and pulling it up now for the new show. Lizzie McGuire navigates life in New York City as a 30-year-old millennial while mm-hmm. being engaged to a restaurant owner and working as an apprentice to a fancy decorator. Mm-hmm. Does that sound right? Is this something you want? Yes. As long as Gordo's in it, because I had a crush on Gordo, another long-haired nerd. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the type. It is yeah, seeping okay. through my pores. 2020, Lizzie McGuire. Okay, let's get into a Cinderella story. Let's do it. I wrote, what is this epic fantasy bullshit? <laughs> I thought, okay, so... This is kind of what I always envisioned the opening scene of To All the Boys was supposed to be, like kind of like as a oh, homage yeah. to. Mm-hmm. So it's like instead of opening up on the story book, you're opening up in the fantasy land, which I really like. I think that that's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a great way of paying homage, but also bringing new things to new things to that idea. Mm-hmm. This film takes place. In the San Fernando Valley. Which I understand so many more references now. (laughs) (laughs) And I live here. And they're always talking about the drought and how gross it is out. (laughs) And it's currently on fire. It is currently on fire. If you're tuning in right now, we are on fire. (laughs) Yeah. Pray for this fire season. Pray that we get through it, please. Yes. Send water. Always send water. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we meet our young Sammy, young, young Sammy, right? Very young. She loves her dad. He's single dad. He's widowed. Widowed dad. And he owns a diner. And she declares that she had the best childhood, of course, but her dad was missing a little something in his life. And so he meets and marries Fiona, who's Jennifer Coolidge. Mm -hmm. So she gains twin stepsisters her dad always says you know you gotta have your dreams come true you gotta grow up and go to college (laughs) build your dream it's not about just finding a prince little sammy which is a valid message to impart to your child yeah totally i liked it but then tragedy strikes the Northridge earthquake, which I thought was a bold choice to go with a real mm-hmm. Southern California tragedy. <laughs> I I kind of liked it, though. I mean, I didn't really know a lot about the Northridge earthquake when I was younger. When I mm-hmm. saw, first saw this movie, I was just like, oh, it's an earthquake because it's California. Yeah. But now I'm like, oh, that's why he died from the earthquake. Because <laughs> that part always like bothered me a little bit because it was like, People don't necessarily always die from earthquakes, at least from my the young my young perspective. Mm-hmm. And even yeah. even now, go, living through certain earthquakes, I'm still kind of there's like that disconnect of oh, it's you know the ground shakes for a little bit and then everything's fine. Yeah. But now that I know about the North the Northridge earthquake. I yeah. understand this. We're only like 10 times safer now because yeah. of what happened in that particular earthquake. Yeah. I mean, buildings collapsed, bridges yeah. were just roads complete- were down. Yeah, it was all bad. Mhm. So yeah, the dad died and 
shockingly did not leave a will so sam has to go live in the attic because Because, it's cinderella (laughs) yeah which honestly i would have preferred to have my room in the attic from the beginning that house was cool oh yeah and that was like a really cool attic space Mm -hmm. and everybody has to walk upstairs to get shit from you (laughs) uh are you sure they're not just too lazy and, and yell from the bottom of the stairs well they do have the intercom but they all did eventually walk all the way upstairs at some point. That's right. Okay, so we go eight years later, and we have our older Sammy in high school. Asleep on her books. Mm-hmm. Always a-studying. She's working hard. Fiona wants Sam to work and not go to college. She's Cinderella. The diner is a complete dump now because it's run by Fiona. Do you want to talk about, like, describe Fiona's character? Fiona starts off very nerdy, but she's also, she's kind of like, at least the character that I envision for her is very um, Black Widow-y. Like, if he didn't die in the earthquake, I feel like he she would have murdered him <laughs> for his money because she's very materialistic. She is all about the new the new diet fad, the Botox, the blonde, bleach blonde, ratted out hair. Mm-hmm. And she's passed that on to her twin daughters, who she's spoiled beyond belief. Mm-hmm. What she uses the diner for is her bank. That is her bank. Literally, she goes in, she takes money out of the cash register, and then goes and does a tanning thing or or some type of materialistic thing mm-hmm. she leaves she leaves the plebs to do all of the the busy work right like regina king who's like really like running the diner mm-hmm. Rhonda, she cares about sam's education she cares about sam she cares about sam full stop yeah, yeah. and she will soon be our our like fairy godmother character Mm-hmm. Let's see. Sam goes and picks up Carter for school. Carter is a is a wannabe actor. Mm-hmm. He lives adorable. in SoCal. He does. He's adorable. I love him. Um. Let's see. There's Popular Girls, of course, which was like a tie back to Mean Girls. Mm-hmm. And also, like on Lizzie McGuire, was Lizzie not a popular girl, or was she? She was not a popular girl. Right. So I feel she like had friends, but she was not a popular girl. I feel like that and that's like a common trope through uh Hillary Duff's Disney acting career. Yes. Pretty much. Until like the Lizzie McGuire movie where she becomes secretly famous mm-hmm. and it turns into Hannah Montana a little. Oh right, yes. <laughs> <laughs> where was I? Oh yeah, so Carter is crushing on Shelby, who's one of the popular girls. And then the cute boys enter in slow-mo. Out of their Range Rover. <laughs> of course. Or no, it was a Mercedes. I'm sorry. It was one of those utility Mercedes. I know nothing about cars. <laughs> okay, so cute boy, Sean, I don't know, Chad. <laughs> Chad Michael Murray. Chad Michael Murray, who is Austin, right? He's, yes. a, he's the looker that she's looking at. Like, ooh, slow-mo boy. Austin Ames. Oh, terrible name. Especially when they gave her Sam Montgomery. That is such a good name. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Okay. She has 
a text from a secret admirer. And he's a sexy texter. I was very surprised. <laughs> right? I was like, ooh, ooh, what movie am I in? <laughs> Especially when they did the voiceover with him, like, reading it so yeah. sensually. And yes. It's just like, yes, okay, I'm on board to this Chad Michael Murray train. Yeah. I instantly was like, I want to know more about this. What is happening? Why are there secrets? What is, what, what? Poetry? <gasps> yeah. <laughs> And all of a sudden, you're like, oh, my God, it's Austin and he's cheating. <gasps> it's emotional cheating is what they call yes, it these yes. days. He's high school cheating. Yeah. Or you're just like bouncing, bouncing around. Looking well, over where here. you're like, I'm supposed to like this girl, but I mm. don't really. And I really kind of like this. This makes me happy, and this yeah. makes me socially acceptable. What yeah. do I do? Yeah, it was do? like, all my friends wanted me to date this person, so I did. Yeah, peer pressure is, a, you know, a great way to start a relationship. Yeah, it suddenly turns into you've got mail, he's got daddy issues, he can't tell his dad he's a sensitive writer, and he's like, please meet me at the homecoming dance. I'll be waiting for you. And I'm like, who is this guy? He's not real. Like, my biggest problem with this movie was, like, how, like, swoony in love he was. I'm like, no boy is this. <laughs> well, I mean, they might be now, not in the early 2000s. I don't know. Well, I don't know. Is any, like, 17-year-old? I don't want to put them in a box because these these days, 17-year-olds are a lot different than when we were children. Yeah. I'm going to say when I was 17, boys did not have complex feelings like this. <laughs> Yes, because they weren't allowed to. I yeah. feel like now we're kind of opening up as a society, at least a little bit, to try and like alleviate some of this terrible, toxic masculinity. Mm -hmm. I don't want to put any any young 17-year-old men that may or may not listen to this <laughs> podcast, which props to you guys for, you know, branching out. And thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> we're here for you. you were, we love you. <laughs> That's not sarcasm. It may sound like sarcasm because I couldn't figure out what the words were that I wanted to say. <laughs> to express emotion? Yeah. I feel yeah. like you're of the era too. <laughs> I'm just like I, like, I like, you know, I like boys with emotions. I like, I like the sensitive nerdy types as we've established. <laughs> God, Ashley hardcore has a type. <laughs> she married. All you other sensitive nerds, step off. <laughs> Go to Justine. Yeah, come to me. <laughs> Bring your guitars. Oh, my goodness. Anyway. <laughs> it just became a dating show. When has it not been a dating show? <laughs> Honestly. Valid point. Valid point. <laughs> Back to the movie. <laughs> So we get some exposition about all this. Because remember, I was like, what is happening? How did we get here? Mm -hmm. Surely Carter comes over and he's like, oh, you're talking to Princeton boy. Oh, yeah. We met in that Princeton chat room. We like each other. <laughs> we found out we go to the same school. Mm -hmm. But it's a secret. I don't know who it is. Let's see. Sam hits this ball over to Austin. And then so we get like Austin conversation with his friend where he's like, I don't want to go to the dance with Shelby. I'm into other things now. <laughs> I don't know what's that's my Chad Michael Murray. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember what he sounds like. He sounds like this now. <laughs> sounds like pal Joey. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
I just remember, so Chad Michael Murray recently was in Agent Carter. So I just remember him like with this really interesting 1940s New York Ooh, accent. was it yeah. like that? Did I do it? <laughs> a, li- a little bit. So, I mean, you're you're on the right track. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so again, his dad owns a car dealership and his dad has plans for Austin to go play USC football and then work in the car dealership. Isn't it, isn't it a car wash or is it a dealership? I thought it was just a car oh, wash. Okay, so it is a car wash. It was just like, I, I saw cars. <laughs> so I thought it well, was a dealership. I thought it was like an interesting parallel to... Um, the kingdom? The kingdom, but also um, Fiona because she's the she's like, you have to use extra water to be to have extra class or to be extra oh, status. Oh, right, yes. So the rich people the used yeah. water. yeah. I like that. I like that. Ooh, getting deep. <laughs> movie. Gotta love California tropes. <laughs> it's Chinatown. It is Chinatown. It's literally Chinatown. <laughs> okay, okay. So more of the story is we have Sam's dad as the king wants to give over his kingdom to his son. His son doesn't want it. He wants different things. He wants to branch out, make his own decisions. That's be right. his own man. Be a man. A man. Dad. I have feelings, Dad. <laughs> aw, aw. Dad, okay. let me cry, motherfucker. I don't have much notes on the twins at all, mostly because I couldn't remember their names. Gabriella and Brianna. Yeah, they're all Ella names because it's Cinderella and... Cinderella! Cinderella! What am I doing? Cinderella! Uh, <laughs> I don't know. There's so many iterations of Cinderella. There are. But uh, I kind of felt like the twins weren't as, like, the evil stepsisters weren't really that necessary as characters in this movie because mm-hmm. we had the the evil cheerleaders. Yeah, they were more evil than mm-hmm. the twinsies were. The twins were just dumb. Yeah, they were dumb. Although I, my, I feel like my one note was those twins kind of love them. But that was like early on. Well, because they're they're definitely a nice like added comic relief. Mm-hmm. But story wise, it's not like I needed them. Like I felt like they played off of Jennifer Coolidge really well, and they worked with her uh, her comedy style really well, which was really nice. But I just was kind of like, why? We only need them here as a plot device to get the emails to Shelby. So why are they here? Yeah, sorry. Points deducted. <laughs> they're still fun characters. Like they're still it's, fun. Yeah, I liked that they always had a matching outfit, just in different colors of orange and green. Just to remind you that they're supposed to be twins. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Sam is ordered to work the night shift, but it's the Halloween dance. Oh no. <laughs> I want to go to the dance and meet meet my my prince. Fiona says, you got to work. And she does the, Sam, you aren't pretty or bright. Yeah. Not very pretty and you're not very bright, but you've got a job. Yeah. For the rest of your life. Mm, mm, That's terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) It's terrifying to me now. I'm like, oh, God. Job. Uh. Make it stop. Financial stability. Ah. Ah. (laughs) We're filmmakers. What is this? Yeah. 
Sam needs to start a podcast stat. <laughs> the Ella cast. Ooh. 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 Hold on. Sell that idea to somebody because they're always doing Cinderella. Like adaptations Ooh, yeah that could be good you got ella enchanted a cinderella mm-hmm. story cinderella mm-hmm. a cinderella story two mm-hmm. a cinderella story three and mm-hmm. i think there was a fourth one and then the, the remake and then they're doing yeah 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 and working girl Ooh, let's give a round for working girl yes brilliant cinderella tale in itself check out our episode <laughs> cross promotion yeah i can i can do this <laughs> austin austin who's austin oh he's the guy austin is the prince <laughs> chad michael murray he's at the diner with all of his friends with all of his friends let's see at first fiona's there and she's like i'll be back at 12 midnight sharp and then like fiona and, and Rhonda have a fight and then the whole table of popular kids are jerks to Sam. Okay, so, oh, this is when Austin tells Shelby that he wants to break up. He does it right in front of his friends because she's like, He tried what? not to. Yeah. she's like, She does the whole, whatever you want to say to me, you can say in front of them. <laughs> you can say in front of our friends. They're our friends. They know what's up. They know everything. So, like, just say everything 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 <laughs> so he's like uh i think we should break up or whatever he says i don't know yeah it's basically that it's just I'm, I'm, I'm done with you i'm done with you bye bye yeah she's like why would you say that <laughs> but we're going to the dance together no we're not no we're not <laughs> i'm like ah <laughs> yeah that's that's shelby in a nutshell Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah. Carter Zorro shows up. Rhonda. Ooh, Rhonda. I like Rhonda. She is all for Cyber Dude. She just learned that this mysterious man is hitting on her favorite young child. And her she daughter. Just, her yeah. surrogate daughter. Yeah. Let's just go there. Yeah. And she is like, yes, get that guy. He's sending you love notes. They're not love notes. They're text messages or emails or something like that. And she's like, if a man <laughs> takes the time to write his fear, put his feelings mm-hmm, in, mm-hmm. in a note, it's a love note. True and, then, true now. <laughs> well, and Sam was just like, way to like make men feel shitty for not expressing their feelings. Because Sam watched this with me. Uh, and I'm like, you know, if anyone takes the time, anyone yeah. in general. Mm-hmm. Takes the time to put their feelings in writing to you. Yeah. It is a love note. Yeah. That I send important. my friends love notes all the time. I text people. I tell them I love them. I text them. I tell them I appreciate them. I appreciate their time. Like, just do it. It's not that hard. It yeah. costs you nothing. Costs you nothing. You and it know. gains you so much. Yeah. They will murder for you in the end. <laughs> Accurate statement. <laughs> As I will be the one doing the murdering. <laughs> Just explained our whole relationship. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah. So Rhonda's like, you gotta go to the dance and meet this dude. And the whole staff is like, yeah. Like the whole fun kitchen staff is like, Sam, we love you. Do it. Do something for yourself. Treat the yourself. The kitchen staff is the mice. Yes. Ooh. Sorry, just needed to interject that. The kitchen staff is the mice. Good, good, And they're adorable. 
And she's like, oh, I don't have a costume. So they're like, let's do it. They run to the costume shop and then we've got a costume montage. Can we talk about the music for a second? Because I really liked the soundtrack for this. Do it. I it was like early 2000 pop punk. Also, oh my god, oh I forgot. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. I and because I wrote this at the end, but like, yeah, I felt like this movie was pandering to me via music, being (laughs) like, yeah, Justine, this is the music you listen to. You like this, and I'm like, shut up. And then they have the nerve to end with a Jimmy World song. Yeah, and I'm like, stop (laughs) it. I love Jimmy World. But I really liked it. I thought it like really balanced out because then you had touches of like Hilary Duff and her sister singing and mm-hmm. like. Well, I just feel like they really wanted you to be like Hilary Duff's the Alterna girl. She wears cargo pants. I guess that's true. But I, as a as a teen, as a as a non music aficionado like yourself. <laughs> I have this soundtrack. I own this soundtrack. I own this and the Lizzie McGuire soundtrack on CD. Hear You Me does not fit as an ending song. I'm sorry. The themes of it, no. Sorry. (laughs) Okay. I will take that into consideration, but I don't care because I love this soundtrack. (laughs) It's cool. It's cool. It's perfect the way it is. Okay. Shall we? Okay, is it? Do you want to go back to the montage? Yes, let's go back to the montage. Just because this was, what song was this? This was, uh, I don't remember what the montage song was. Do your homework. And Alterna Girl, who was who was the MC of the school. Mm-hmm. I liked her. So they're at the. They don't, they don't like any of the costumes. They're not befitting our beautiful princess. So Rhonda sees the mask, finds a mask little masquerade white mask and she's like i've got an idea goes back to her place gives sam her wedding dress that she's been saving and it magically fits her because of course sam is such a nice girl like she is like beyond humanly nice like she's always like i can't do this i can't sacrifice myself for the like no like you know yeah She's the epitome of what my mom always wanted me to be. <laughs> I think that she's like that because her dad was trying to raise her as very headstrong. And then she lost him and got brought down to earth, as she says. And she couldn't believe in the idealism anymore. So she was just like, I got to stay in my little lane so that nothing else bad will happen to me. So I felt like that was a choice. Mm-hmm. That was made to make her like that so that she doesn't get in trouble and she doesn't lose her chance to go to college because once she gets to go to college, her life can start. Like, that's the story I yeah. think they were trying to tell. But the message is, is that you don't have to wait until to start your life. Like, you still have to play in the game. Yeah. No, I really like what they were going for this. They're like, let's do the classic tale of Cinderella, but make it super feminist. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, that Disney attempts to do now with their remakes. But yeah. I mean, Disney also definitely revisionists erase their past in terms of like what they did about race back in the day. Yeah. You know, like they just slap Emma Watson on it, say like, hey, she's teaching girls to read <laughs> and think it's all fine and dandy. We have to give companies and we have to give people a chance to grow. The The problem with 
Disney specifically is that they're erasing without acknowledging the problems. Mm -hmm. And then like just kind of saying, yeah, but we did Black Panther. And yeah, and yeah, those things are great. And I don't want to take away from those uh, accomplishments because they they are. They are a big deal and they are a big deal for for our society. And they prove that we as a as a whole, as a human Mm -hmm. culture are are evolving and and trying to be better. But yeah, they definitely do in in terms of history books or even when you go back and try and find like what is it the boo baby who that's Oh, tar super, baby. Tar baby. I had that when I was a kid. You can't find that anymore because they've just completely erased it from their catalog instead of like acknowledging it in a historical light mm-hmm. and saying Yes, we as a company had a problem with this certain media and we're trying to fix it and we're trying to be better and we apologize to any to the many generations that we have affected and offended and hurt in a sense through these practices of promoting racist ideas and just sexist ideas and pushing these ideas onto a culture that was very susceptible to it. And we are part of the problem, but now we're trying to be part of the solution. That's how you do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not, oh, but we've got... Captain Marvel, look, look, like, look, she's a strong girl and she's not smiling, but yet we're going to make her smile on the goddamn merchandise. So there's just issues. Yeah, with it's this just like disconnect. Disney is still a corporate entity. Yes. End of the day. I don't want to come out and just say, oh, yeah, Disney's pure evil because Disney does provide a lot of work for people that that we know and and as problematic as it can be, there are some really positive things that do come out of it. Like, I don't think that we would have had the the Oscar push to, to make it less white or just male if we didn't have Disney out here pushing things like Black Panther to be a, a nominee for Best Picture or even just the nominations that it did have mm-hmm. or it did win. I think that there is, like... There's some gray area that we also need to acknowledge as as people to allow to allow good things to come out of bad things and not just focus in on all of the bad things, because that's where we start to have issues where things become so black and white. There are there's no conversation. There's just anger. Now, I think like Ava DuVernay is a really good example. Like she directed A Wrinkle in Time which Mm -hmm. was Disney. And then the next thing she did was when they see us, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. She, she like counterbalances it. She's like, I'm not going to not turn this money. Yeah. (laughs) The money so that I can make, so that I can turn it into something good. And I think that that, yeah, that is a really good example. Yeah. I did something. (laughs) But I mean, there's also the example of um, Judd Apatow who completely stopped working with Fox after a certain point he was just like i can't i can't take their money anymore while they sit out here and spout these really horrible things people are dying because of them it's definitely an ongoing battle and Mm -hmm. especially more and more since all these corporations are buying up and conglomerizing you know it's a monopoly and and indie cinema is going away i can't it's gonna put me into a dark hole I think that there will always be room for indie cin- cinema. We just have to. Yeah, to except really... with the corporations owning all the theaters. Sorry. <laughs> Streaming does change things a little bit. You stop being all negative, Nancy. There is this shift 
that's going on right now. And I can't look at it as fully horrible yet. Mm-hmm. That's because, good. Because there has to be hope somewhere. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. Otherwise, we would all be dead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only dead inside. Let's go back to the movie. Yes. Now we get to go to the dance. Dance party. It's very much like the the dance in Never Been Kissed. Mm-hmm. It is pretty much the dance in Never Been Kissed. Yeah. Austin is there as Prince Charming. He's adorable. Mm-hmm. And then everyone stares when Sam enters. They even put a spotlight on her. Yeah. They got spotlight budget in this school. I mean, it is it is L.A. Yeah. Yeah, true. True that. We are we are a dramatic city. Yeah. Can we talk about the character of Terry showing up as the Matrix? <laughs> oh, it's also Howard from The Big Bang Theory. Yes, it is. He is so young. That was pretty amazing. Be like, oh my goodness, you a child. <laughs> like a baby. And he's Keanu Reeves in The Matrix. <laughs> Libations for my fair lady. Yeah, and so it's a bit of a fake out where she's just like, oh no, my guy is this guy. Great. (laughs) The guy who talks to aliens. Let's just be friends. (laughs) Let us do the mating dance of Zion. (laughs) Okay. And then Austin shows up, but okay, here's the thing. He sees her, he doesn't know her, he's not wearing a mask, and she's just like, oh, great, it's this guy, dumb jock guy, I know all about you, sir. And he's like, you don't know me. You know my secret life. Right. I'm popular guy, I'm also poet guy, girl. And he's like, give me a chance to be that guy. So they take a stroll, and they play ten questions. And like, seriously, like he is instantly smitten. He's like, awesome. I am in love with this girl. (laughs) But I don't know her name. Right. It's like the Superman situation where the mask goes on and you don't know her at all. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Could not recognize her hair or body or Or voice. (laughs) Yeah, her voice. He just talked to her that day. That day. Yeah. (laughs) He's blind. Blinded by love. So yeah, we also have this little side story of Shelby and Carter. Carter is wearing the mask as Zorro goes up and hits on Shelby, finally. Like one of Austin's friends tries to... So they're up on the thing and he's like, okay, come on. Like now that you're not with Austin anymore, like you you know you want to be with me. Come on, come on, come on. And he's like getting on her and then she pushes him away and that's when Carter shows up. That's why they want to get into a fight. Yeah. Because he's like trying to sexually assault her. Right. Yeah. So there's that whole thing. Then back in the gazebo, he's very sweet. There's the instrumental, you know. I'll be yeah. oh better my God. when I'm older. I can't. I can't. I can't. I'll They're waltzing be. to I'll be. <laughs> it's beautiful. Ugh. Oh, that's sad. I love it. I love the little violin instrumental and then like the the lyrics kick in and it's just so beautiful. If that had been Hear You Me, I would have I would have found that acceptable. But Edwin McCain is a no go for me. You know, Sam told me that this was one of his favorite songs when he was younger. I believe it. (laughs) Oh, I love that song. (laughs) I'm sorry. Well, this is why me and Sam are married. I know. Yes. (laughs) You guys, I know you guys are perfect for each other. (laughs) 
And I'm the Sean. You are the Sean. I'm sorry. I still love you. <laughs> I still love you too. Okay. So he asked, do you believe in love at first sight? I'll let you know. And then she's like, do you want to see me again? And they're about to say who, he, who she is. Uh-huh. And her alarm goes off. And she's got to run. She's got to do the Cinderella. Clock strikes midnight. They they end up winning homecoming prince and princess mm-hmm. as she's escaping. And she drops her cell phone. Which is her shoe. Her flip phone is bedazzled. <laughs> and it's blue. Now let us uh, transition to our Patreon segment. We're going to go talk to our patrons for our Cutaways Bad Film School. And our term of this week is frame fuck. This was a joke. Ashley requested it and I take all requests seriously. She does. (laughs) Okay, we're going to go talk to our patrons. We'll be back to talk more in just a second. Okay, we're back and we're going to jump right back into talking a Cinderella story. We just... Oh, we're racing back to the diner. I love this because it happened in Burbank. You can so tell. Yes, yes. This is all the and the same streets. They kept on turning yeah. the same corner. I'm like, oh my god, how many times? <laughs> but when I was younger, I didn't really notice that. That's something that I would notice when I was younger. But now that I know the space, yeah, it's pretty great. So anyway, yeah, she's racing in Carter's car. Who he borrowed it from his dad, so he doesn't want to ruin it. So he's going very slow. But then Fiona and the twins, the twins saw her. In the car. In the car. And they're like, we got to get back to the diner because Sam's not there. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. It's a race. But Jennifer Coolidge has this great line where I can't show emotion for half another hour and a half because she had Botox. Right. I feel like that was in the trailer. It's so funny. (laughs) Okay. So they get back to the diner and Sam acts like she was there the whole time making pancakes. And then Carter's car gets destroyed for some reason. Because it's he did a good deed. Aw, no good deed goes unpunished. Yep, by Fiona, literally. Mm. Okay, so then at school, there are signs everywhere that are, have you seen Cinderella? Cinderella? Yeah, see, you're doing it too now. <laughs> <laughs> Carter goes up to Shelby and he's like, hey girl, hey. And, he's, and she's like, mm. No. And he's like, but I'm Zorro. And she's like, "Mm, no. (laughs) Austin's friends round up all the ladies who say that they were with him last night. And he's just like, no, dude, this isn't my girl. My girl was special. And I don't even recognize the sound of her voice. That's all I know about her. She's and she wants to go to Princeton. Right. Oh, speaking of, Fiona gets Sam's Princeton acceptance letter. Dun dun dun. Bad things. Bad things. Sam gets some more messages via AOL Instant Messenger Who from are Austin. You? Yeah. She leaves these messages open and then her sister comes in to see and she's just like snooping on her computer doing bad, bad things. He's Austin Ames? Mm-hmm. And Sam is Cinderella. Ugh. We gotta go to the car we gotta go to the car wash. Yeah. But Austin also gets into Princeton, so yay, yay, these smarties. 
Look at them. I, I wanted to you know, under, understand why he wanted to go to Princeton. That's the one thing that I've always not understood. Like, why Princeton when he was playing? Like, USC was his destiny. Why this school? I don't know, man. He should be a writer. I don't know. Is that where the writers go? I thought that um, was Yale. You know, Princeton because he's a prince. Okay. I'll take it. <laughs> I will accept it as an answer. <laughs> Um, let's see. Yeah, you're right. Both sisters go to Austin to pretend to be Sam. And he asks them the trick question of what did Cinderella drop on her way out? A wallet purse. (laughs) They are not the true gals. A fish. (laughs) That was was something Jennifer Coolidge would do, which is why I really liked it. (laughs) Austin goes to the diner and he has a chat with... Sam. With Sam. With Sam. He's talking to her. And he's just like, ugh, you know how you just want to be yourself? And she's like, yeah, like you're wearing a mask. (laughs) Austin, recognize me, bitch. He's so dense. (laughs) Yeah, he got into Princeton. Yes. Wow. They were just (laughs) accepting anybody. I changed my story. Uh, okay, the twins go to Shelby and tell on Sam because for some reason they want to, they know what's happened is going to be bad. Well, and they've wanted to be part of the, the plastic clique. Oh, you're right. You're right. Now they've got dirt. Yes. Let's see. So the twins then deliver a fake announcement over Alterna Girl's announcement system mm-hmm. to say, Austin wants to meet Cinderella after the pep rally today. So then there's this big, horrible pep rally that makes fun of Austin, just drags him out in front of his dad being like, oh, I want to be a writer because they're reading the emails, mm-hmm. the secret emails. So like, yeah, like Shelby is really dumb if she thinks that that is what's going to like get him back. Like that's going to get gonna... her suspended. <laughs> yeah, like I'm going to emotionally traumatize this poor young boy mm-hmm. who's scared to reveal that he has the feelings. Yeah. To his daddy, and I'm going to do it in front of the entire school. Yeah. In the form of a mocking play. Yeah, I'm like where are the <laughs> teachers who approved this? <laughs> And then Sam is there in the back being like, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. And then they reveal her identity, point her out in the crowd. Everybody chants, diner girl, diner girl. She starts crying. Austin is frozen, can't do anything because his dad's next to him being Mm -hmm. like, what the fuck is going on? "Ah." And she just runs off. She runs home and cries. And then Fiona comes in with her plate of cookies and gives her a fake, a doctored Princeton rejection letter. I want to know who she got to do that. Cheapers. Yeah, she is not. She can't turn. She can't use a computer. <laughs> yeah. Photoshop is not her strong suit in neither one of the girls either. So who mm-hmm. did this? Mm-hmm. So when Sam is down, she goes through her suitcase of happiness. Yeah, her trunk. Mm-hmm. Her under the bed trunk. Yeah, of all the stuff from... Uh, I think that she could scrape and salvage from her dad. Yeah. Her dad's stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, she has the storybook because her dad was like, whenever you have hard times, you can always look to this storybook. Which is a terrible message. I'm sorry. Like, yeah, storybooks are good and they are great, but they are not always good for young girls. Sam is back at the diner working, hating life, 
because everything is the worst of the worst of the worst right now. It's all just piling on. Yeah. Rhonda's like, what are you doing with your life? You got to go do the things that you want to do. And she's like, what's the point? There's no point. Fiona wins everything. I don't get into Prince and I get nothing. Nothing. <laughs> I'm a teen. Ah! Ah! But then a sign from dead dad appears. The guitar falls off the wall and peels off the wallpaper. Revealing his catchphrase. Never let the fear of striking out stop you from playing the game. Accurate. So Sam feels this moment. There's this big whole thing with her and Fiona and and Rhonda. Sam quits. Says, Fiona, I'm moving out. I am taking no more of your bullshit. And Fiona's like, where are you going to live? And Rhonda's like, she's going to live with me. And also, I quit. And then everybody quits. And the only reason I was here was because of that girl. And now that she's gone and out of your life, I'm going to soundly kick your ass. And I was like, yes. Mm -hmm. And then (laughs) Jennifer Coolidge screams bloody murder. Yeah. Rhonda goes to take off her earrings. I'm like, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hit the girls. The girls' faces are newer than, or uh, older than mine. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Which great, great line. Great mm-hmm. line. So in another, like, never been kissed moment, Sam goes to the school, goes to the locker room with all those boys a-changing. <laughs> Props to her. Yeah. To find Austin and call him out. She's like, you know what? You know it's me. I know it's you, but I'm not going to wait for you anymore because waiting for you is like waiting for rain in this drought. Accurate. (laughs) It ain't never raining in LA. Oh, uh, please rain soon. Please yes, kill please. the fires. Please. We need rain. <laughs> Remember it was going to rain? Did it rain that one time? It may have it it rained. It sprinkled a in Culver, bit. but it didn't rain in the valley. Yeah. We needed that rain. Which is the problem. Yeah, which is why the fires are so bad. Yeah, we're going to get those yeah. Santa Anas. Yeah, they're bad. Uh, okay, so hopefully this podcast will continue and I won't be on fire. Yeah. Sam and Carter go to the football game. Everyone's counting on you, Austin. Austin, Austin. Who does that at a high school football game? Okay, no one counts on one single player in football or in really any sport except for maybe baseball. Yeah, while they're chanting, we get our Jimmy world. And this is when like my notes are like, what? Hear you mean football game? What is happening? And which I knew that now I know what was because they were going for the slow mo motion after that. Uh-huh. But like during the game, I was just like, this makes no sense to me in my emo brain. <laughs> I love it. I just love it. I know you hate it, but there's like it's so different from this typical like high school football game things mm-hmm. that it's just like it's so unexpected that it's so perfect to me. Maybe I will grow to love it but it was a surprise that i was not prepared for <laughs> i just love that they subvert your expectations with football like there that's just great yeah I mean, okay i'll take it i'll take it okay so everyone's chanting austin austin, austin. you're the best like after we just totally dragged you and made fun of you we love you now Ugh. and sam like can't handle it so she like goes to leave and then austin sees her and then runs off the field and chases after her 
passes by his dad. His dad's like, but your dream, Austin. And Austin's like, it was your dream, dad. And like runs past him, goes up to Sam and kisses her. And then the rain comes. I'm sorry I made you wait for the rain. God. So emotional. <laughs> so like this is what this is how emotional teens are though. Like it's yeah, like it's so melodramatic that it's just perfect. Yeah. And then not only that, we discover the secret will. The secret hidden will in the storybook that Fiona knew about. So like Sam done called the cops on Fiona finally. She, she done get the DA. <laughs> Yep. down here mm-hmm. she gonna repossess these damn mercedes mm-hmm. and as punishment fiona and the sisters have to work at the diner for community service which has been restored to its former glory as it should be and then austin and sam go to princeton the end Ugh. what would you think of me now oh my god i love it i love that song it's overused, but I still love it. Yeah, we need some we need some more Jimmy Eat World now. But that was like perfect for the time. They got some new singles. They do. Mm-hmm. Every mm. every band that I like just just like keep putting out new music. It's very I don't know how to feel. <laughs> Green Day didn't has new music. Yup. They got their new album coming out February. Mm-hmm. For your birthday. Yup. <laughs> it's actually the day after your birthday. <laughs> Is it really? Yes. Aw, they did it for me. They did it for you. Aww. And they made it hockey themed, that one song. For you. Yeah, because they're they're gonna be at the Oh yeah, they're gonna be at the All-Star game. I forgot about that for like two seconds. Okay. Let's talk about now that we've wrapped up the film, I wanted to do a how's my marketing because, you know, iconic poster. I'm always down for an iconic poster. Of course. You recall this poster? Yes, it's the one where she's he's giving her a piggyback ride in her dress. Yeah, and I always thought like the important detail were her pink chucks. Yeah, I thought that was cute. Well, yeah. she does wear chucks throughout the entire movie, but they aren't pink. Right. It makes me think though that like is she a real princess and she meets this guy and like she it doesn't really tell the story, but like gives it enough of like she's not like the girly girly girl. She's the girl who wears sneakers. Well, and it's like, it's not Cinderella. It's not the glass slipper. It's not the fragile mm-hmm. girl. It's, it's, she's out here living her life. Yeah. Rough and tumble. Getting carried by a man. Yep. Chad Michael Who doesn't Murray? want that? <laughs> he's looking all right. He's got, he's got them photoshopped arms. Yep. Yeah, he does. He's got baggy, baggy, baggy pants. Care of 2004. Mm-hmm. The squinty eye look. Yeah. The the man smize. Yes, he is smizing <laughs> like there's no tomorrow. Get it. <laughs> Let's see. Once upon a time can happen anytime. Hmm. That's cute. I like that. I think it works for this. I think it's just cute. Like it doesn't, it's not saying, like you said, it's not saying anything specific, but it is cute. Like it's like a. Oh, like that looks like an adorable movie, and the movie is adorable. Yeah, I think thumbs up for this marketing. I'm down. Yeah, this is good. It's very adorable. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't like it if it was like too busy and had like scenes from the movie. You know. Oh, the updated one is terrible. Oh, there's an updated one. Going to on, Google on Amazon. Just go to Amazon and search Cinderella Story 2004 DVD. 
Oh, so it's the same thing, but different background. It's terrible. <laughs> You're like, I hate it. <laughs> this is too much. I agree. Okay, are you ready to rate this movie? Yes. I am giving this movie two and a half alternate girl pants. <laughs> I like it. Okay, I'm going to give this movie three and a half Sam's because everyone Aww. needs a Sam. <laughs> I'll take the half. <laughs> We're just upping up the cuteness factor. <laughs> hey, Ashley, what's in our mailbag today? We have a rating today from Krista from Applesauce and Horse Feathers. This is a five-star rating entitled So Fun. The ladies are a delight to listen to. I find myself joining in the conversation because, boy, do I have thoughts on these (laughs) rom-coms. Love it. I love that thoughts is in all caps. Uh, Let's uh, let's hear your thoughts. Tweet at us, please. Yes, always. We we welcome thoughts and opinions (laughs) Mm -hmm. and well-balanced news. I thought you were going to say nudes. I was like, well. <laughs> I mean, well-balanced nudes are good, too, but I don't I don't know why I said news. <laughs> I just. <laughs> so next time on the podcast, we will be watching 2004's Bridget Jones, The Edge of Reason, a ah! sequel to Bridget Jones's Diary. Oh, my God. Not looking forward to that. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Well, if you want to hear that episode early or all of the rest of our episodes or goodies that you don't have access to via the website, why not become a patron? Support the Cutaways podcast at patreon.com slash cutawayspodcast where you will get to hear the Cutaways Bad Film School early episodes, sometimes episodes with Dan and Justine on their What Did I Miss segment. Which is taking a little break because we both have jobs right now. (laughs) It all works out. Uh, You can find all of this information and more on our website at thecutaways.com, where you can also find our Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as at cutawayspodcast. Please leave us comments, rate us, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or your favorite pod catcher. Yeah, I knew you were going to say it like that. <laughs> I always say it like that. Well, it has <laughs> been a pleasure podcasting with you this morning, Ashley, as always. As always. I got to go see if my dog is, you know, healthy. Yeah, very important. <laughs> Let's end it on that depressing note. Most important family member. <laughs> Xander. Xander. Goes to the doctor and has, you know, more health. More than you do. things more than I do. But, you know, it's all good. And thank you for joining us in the Blanket Fort. Bye! Bye! Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to STEM Fatale, your women in science history podcast. I'm Emlyn Gremlin. I'm Emma Dilemma. And we're two STEM PhD students. Trying to learn more about all the women that science history has overlooked. Every episode, we tell the story of a historical female scientist. We discuss their struggles, research accomplishments, and get into the crazy banana sexism they faced in pursuing their scientific dreams. Do you like stories about escaping from the Nazis? We got them. <laughs> or stories about NASA's lack of understanding of the female body? Yeah, we got those too. 
We've got it all. So take a listen and go, go stimulate, stimulate yourself. yourself.